The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Jim Fox and Dr. Janine Fox. Our show is based on science-backed information on alternative and natural approaches to health. You'll hear the clinical pearls, real-life stories about real patients and situations. It all comes together so that you can live your best health. Now, here are the Doctors Fox. And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. I'm Dr. Jim. And I'm Dr. Shaneen. And we're here tonight to bring another chapter, so to speak, yep. of Live Healthy, Be Healthy to you. And hopefully you'll get something out of it. Uh, we always uh, get something out of yeah. doing the show ourselves, actually. So We always want to bring you the up-to-date information on what's new and what's coming on the wire right. on nutritional supplements and how it is being proven to help things. You know, I think that's a big thing with us, Janine. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you and I kind of go along this thing of what we call, and we call it, we even coined a term years ago. It's being used a lot now. Other people, I'm sure, have picked yeah. up on it, but we call it evidence-based nutrition. And the evidence was the lab work that we could do to verify that a person was getting better and blah, blah, blah. You know, we could track And the research it. that we use. And the research that we use. You know, and, you know, when we talk about something or if we make a suggestion about something. It's something that we've researched to the point where we know, okay, it's it's going to work. It's backed. It's just not somebody's anecdotal, you know, thing that said, I took this one time and it helped. Right. You know, it actually is something that's been shown to actually really work. And unfortunately, you know, that goes uh, in this business, you know, the uh, natural medicine business and the herbs and vitamins and things, uh, you know, nutraceuticals, if you will. There is a lot of that anecdotal evidence that's used as the fact. Right. In other words, we're going to tell you, you know, take the, you know, X, Y, Z, and it's going to cure, you know, or grow hair on a doorknob or whatever the deal is. We use science. And, you know, it's really interesting when some of the science comes out. Now, here's one that we get tonight. We've got a study that I think will just, if you're sitting down, it's going to blow your socks off. Okay. It really is. It's kind of interesting. And because we're going to give you some pre, uh, preliminary facts about this stuff. It's, it's a compound called AHCC, which is active hexose correlated compound. It comes from mushrooms. Yeah. And that AHCC, I mean, there's been a lot of people used it over the years for various and assorted things, various, you know, It's been shown. Cancers. It's always been helped for the immune system. Immune system, big deal yeah. in the immune system, right. But this particular study was presented at the 11th International Conference on the Society of Integrative Oncology. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's a... I mean, that right there is a big deal, integrative oncology. Yeah, okay. and it wasn't a big study that was done. No, it was But it wasn't. was kind of a preliminary study to see if it was worth doing further research on. Right, but they picked something that I think mm-hmm. affects a at, lot least, of people. at least 70% yeah. of the people that are listening to the show. 70%. It's huge. It's huge. And it, it's called the HPV or the human papillomavirus. And, you know, and people think about, oh, HPV. Well, that's something that somebody else gets. Actually, 70% yes. of the people that are listening to this show have it. Have it. You've been exposed. Yes. Okay, so you probably have that virus in your body. And what's interesting is 
this AHCC, you know, it's one of those things that it didn't suppress the virus. It actually did something we call eradication. Yeah, got, it got rid, rid of, of it. it. I mean, it actually and eradicated. Usually, in most viruses, you can suppress, suppress it, it, but yeah. you can't actually get rid of it. Right, but this study actually showed that this stuff, this AHCC, is effective for the eradication of the human papillomavirus, or HPV. Now, this was just a little study, and, and it didn't, didn't involve a, a ton of people, you know, but... But it did are. show that 80% actually yes. got rid of the virus. Right. And, and the other 20%, they were continuing on a longer trial to see if it got rid of it later. Right. They were just going to push them yeah. down the road a little bit with a little bit longer trial, because they only did like a three-month study. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't that long. It wasn't huge. Uh, and they did say that some of them probably needed more than that. But one of the things about HPV, and this is something that people don't realize. Now, remember, okay, 70% of those people listening to this tonight have it. Have it. Okay, 70% of you guys have it, and us probably, 70% right. of everybody has this stuff, okay? Now, you say, well, yeah, but it doesn't mean anything. Okay, 99% of cervical cancer is involved with human H- papillomavirus. Yeah, it causes right. it. That's right. They've known for a long time that right. HPV causes cervical cancer, but there's also other cancers that it causes. Yeah, like 95% of the anal cancers. Yeah. 60% of the oropharyngeal. That's yep. your mouth and throat, okay? 60% of the oropharyngeal cancers, 65% of the vaginal cancers, 50% of the vulvar cancers, and 35% of the penile cancers. Okay, listen up, guys. That's a lot of cancer that yeah. the HPV is causing. Right. This is not just a girl thing. You know, I mean, no, this, it's this everybody. It's happened. not just cervical. No, it's not just cervical cancer. Anal cancer can hit anybody. Yes. And as a matter of fact, we've seen that male and female. There's quite a bit of that. So, yeah, but this is something that actually eradicated it. And I think, you know, I don't care who you are and where you're from. That's interesting. Yes. I mean, and it didn't even take a high dosage to do it. No. They even said that this type of mushroom... It, they used a readily available nutritional supplement. Right. So it was not some special compound yeah, which on top lot, of it. Which a lot of times it is. Or some abnormal <laughs> amount they used. Right. They used one a day for six months. And you know, I think that was kind of interesting that they mm-hmm. used something that's basically OTC yeah. over the counter. You can, you know, you can buy it anywhere. We got the stuff. We use it. Yeah. We've used it for a lot of times over you know, various uh, immune system issues and so on. Somebody wants something that's really good for their immune system. And now to see that, you know, the the question comes up now, okay, if it will do this to the HPV, which HPV is in the same family, it is a herpes virus. Yeah, so what will it do to the other viruses? Why? There's a whole bunch of them. So that's a really interesting thing. Now, they're actually going to start a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled phase two clinical trials. Which is the gold standard. Because of okay. the results they got from this. Right. So they're, they're going to do further studies, and it's actually done in the United States at the University of Texas Health Science in, in Houston. Houston. Right, in Houston. So they're actually going to do more research on it, and I think it needs to be. And it's never going to hurt anybody to take it now because they've actually shown for years on different studies that it increases the number and activity of the natural killer cells. Right, and NK cells or in natural killer cells are the ones that kill viruses and suppress viruses. And, and it know, helps the body yeah. um, fight off infections and block right. tumor growth. Right. So it is something that definitely can be used by anybody with no harm. Right. Now, I mean, the only person that I would say can't do it is somebody with an organ transplant. Yeah, oh, well, obviously, because it does increase the, the natural killer right. cells, which and is increasing anytime your immune you incre- system. Anytime you've had an organ transplant and taken yeah, immunosuppressants, do you don't want to increase the immune system. No, so I can't, I can't you can't say it's for everybody, but it's for a lot. And and like I say, seventy percent of the people listening to this 
tonight has HPV or whenever you're listening to it has HPV. Yeah. That's pretty, you know, I've always thought that's kind of a spooky number too. It was. You know, and, and, you know, and, and, and before they said in this study that there's, there's so far other than this, there is no effective treatment. No. Now they've got the, uh, the, the, the vaccines and they are controversial as the devil. Oh yeah. Oh, they, they haven't been long, out long enough to know what it's well, going to do they, to they've you. They've actually and, been some pretty nasty side effects yes. resu- uh, related to it. So, you know, here's something that rather than take a, a you know, a vaccine or something that might cause a lot of problems. Here's something that you can actually take to get rid of it that will eradicate it. I love that term, eradicate. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It is because it's like not that. just suppressing it. That's true. It's not yeah. suppressing it. It's eradicating it. I like that. Now, something else that we came up with, and I thought this was pretty interesting, came from the Radiological Society of North America. Yeah, I guess South America, and it was published too, in right? the journal Radiology. Yeah, I mean it's a big journal, and what they looked at was the, a correlation between coronary artery plaque and fatty liver disease. Actually, yeah. what they call non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Right, not the people that have cirrhosis nah, and fat da, 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 in the liver da, da, da. due to alcoholism, hmm. but ones that don't drink and still have a fatty liver. Which, and, you know, this I, did not surprise me. Well, it didn't surprise either one of us, really. Yeah, but it's really interesting to see it yeah. show up like this. It actually now is in print. It's in print. And right. it actually was, it came out today, November 4th, so right. it's pretty recent. It's pretty um, recent. For years, we've noticed a correlation between high triglycerides. Anybody that has high triglycerides, then it's a very likely that they have fatty liver. Very. Very you, likely. Especially if you have high triglycerides and an elevated ALT, which is an, uh, a liver enzyme, a liver enzyme that shows up on your test. There. But I always say triglycerides are like fat in the blood, and your mm-hmm. liver is a filter. Exactly. So if you pour fat, if you pour bacon grease through a coffee filter, what you going to get? A pretty stopped up bacon filter. Yeah, exactly. A clogged <laughs> okay. up filter. A filter, right? So yeah. the same thing happens with the yeah. liver because we talked about how much blood goes through the liver, right. and yeah. it's a lot. We've talked about, well, yeah, it's about uh, one and a half to one and three-fourths, two liters. No, one and a half liters are better of blood per minute. Right. And uh, so when you put that much blood through a filter, right. if it has a lot of fat in it, you're going to start laying fat down in the filter, which and, is the liver. Right. And the thing about it is, you know, anytime you, you take, and this goes back to our old buddy, the sugars, uh, because anytime you take fructose, especially that high fructose store stuff, and you take fructose, the liver has to process it, has to make it into... Uh, a triglyceride. Yeah. It has no other method of doing it. It has to make it into a triglyceride. And then the first thing it does is it stores it in the liver and says, well, yeah. you know, the body will need this later. Problem is later never comes. And, and when somebody's insulin resistant and they can't get yeah. the triglycerides into the cells, then it is going to build up in the blood. And, and it will. And it, and it builds, you know, eventually it builds it. And once the liver's full, it starts going around your midsection. So if you've oh, yeah. got that. People uh, at gain weight in the middle. Right. If you've got midriff bulge. Risk. Isn't that what they call a midriff bulge? They call it a muffin top. Muffin top. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got that muffin top. Okay. Then that actually says you're at high risk. Yes. Now, we've I, we've always associated people that tend to come in with high triglycerides that have a higher heart disease. That's because it's, we've seen it happen. Yeah. It's worse than high cholesterol. It really is. And so a lot of times when people's triglycerides are high, I'm like, you're at really high risk because of this. And this is kind of correlating that together, saying that non-alcoholic that, fatty liver yeah. is associated with coronary artery plaque. And what they show in this study was that 59.3%, that's almost 60% of folks with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease actually have coronary plaque. 
And it's, it's actually the, the high-risk plaque, too. It's the high-risk stuff. They right, actually right. found that it's the bad type of plaque. And so that's a pretty high correlation. Right. We're only 19% of those without non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Had the plaque. And I think, you know, we've, I think we've talked about this in, in some of the past shows. The non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is one of the fastest-growing chronic yes. conditions we have in America today. And the scary thing is it's been, even in this study, they estimated that it's 20 to 30% of the general population. I would say it's probably at least 30%. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, it really is. I yeah. mean, that's almost one in every three people. Uh, I, and I actually think that's being conversive, yeah. conservative, very conservative. And that's kind of scary because it causes a lot of problems. It really does. And there's things you can do for fatty liver. Oh, I mean, there is. there's one thing is changing your diet. We always talk about that. Lower in the, the sugar, sugar and the carbohydrates. Right. Right. That makes a world difference. A the high thing. dose EPA DHA fish oil. We've talked about that before. That definitely mm-hmm. helps it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we, yeah, exercise. Just don't forget that. Definitely has shown a difference. And we even have a product called Hepatitone that has definitely shown right. to help fatty liver and even lecithin. Uh, it gets a fat emulsifier. Yes. For those so of actually, you who don't yeah. know, that's a fat emulsifier. Right. So it helps break down the fat in smaller particles. Right. So there's, there's things you can do for fatty liver. We right. see it every day. Um, there's not a drug necessarily for fatty liver, but there's no. lifestyle changes and supplements that you can do for fatty liver. And, and you know, I think that. Uh, that comment you just made about there's not a drug. Right. Okay, I think that's a real important thing to get across to the listeners. There's not a drug, which means medicine has absolutely no intentions of doing anything about it. Because if well, they can't a, figure out something. Well, if there's not a drug for it, then Pfizer's not interested yeah. in it. Okay? Because with 20 to 30% of the population having it, they'd love to have a drug because they could sell oh. it to a lot of people. But you know what? Every drug that they've tried for those, the Doesn't work. Know, fibrates and so on, Every one of them has such horrible, horrible side, side effects. effects. They've tried those in the past. So and th- there is a prescription fish oil, right. which is the same strength as the fish oil that we have. Right. But on the downside is it's $150, $200 a bottle. That's right. Okay, we'll end this segment. We'll be back in the next segment with some clinical pearls. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally and maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, segment two, we're going to have, we always have our little clinical yeah. pearls, which is some interesting things that we see coming up, uh, things that we do, uh, maybe we found on patients and so on. And we've had some pretty interesting ones in the past week or so. Yeah. Uh, Janine and I both have, have kind of What we talked this. about is we're not going to talk about a specific case. We, we'll talk about a few specific cases, right. but the big thing is why not to wait until you're older to have things checked. Yeah, I, I think the, the two cases that we had come up yeah. just recently kind of made us aware of, of this fact. And we talk about this to a lot of folks. We have a lot of folks come to us, and they're young, you know, they're 20s, 30s, and so on. And, and they think, well, you know, I really don't have anything wrong with me, so I'll just do minimal lab work. I, I'm going to suggest that you do more than that. Yeah. And, and, and the reason that Janine and I suggest that is because we've seen over the long period of time that we've done this, that things can crop up. And, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about tonight is bone health yeah. later. And one of the things that has always come out in the research is you have to start early yeah, on bone don't health. don't wait until you have bone loss. Right. You want to actually start doing things in your 20s and 30s to right. actually help bone. And and this is something that we've seen come up in the lab work uh, in the Just past recently. Week, the past Just week or last so. Last day or two, actually. Actually, in the past couple of days, right. Um, you had a young guy. I had a fellow that was 27 years yeah. old. Now, he's a fairly intelligent 27-year-old, so he had got to research and things. He looked at his family, family history of a lot of stuff going on that he, he wasn't too sure about. And he, he's actually just finished college, and he's, you know, he's, like I say, he's a pretty smart individual. So he's got to looking at research, and he says, well, gee, maybe I need to dig a little deeper. And so we started doing lab work on him. He, he called us up and he said, can you do these tests for me? Because my doctor won't do them. Yeah. I said, sure, no problem. So we did some tests for him. We did some simple things like homocysteine, homocysteine. Now, homocysteine, and, you know, he and I had a nice long conversation about this the other day. About, you know, he did his homocysteine. It's sky high. Now, he's yeah, 27 he's years old. And it we, tends to get higher as you get older. Right. I mean, it normally goes up with age. Yeah. But one of the things that came out of, of, of his discovery that he has high homocysteine, you know, depression runs in his family. There's a lot of uh, neurological stuff that goes on there, strokes and so on. And when we saw that his homocysteine was extremely high, we also checked his B12 and his folate way off. And one of the things that, that came out of this was he's 27. He can start doing something now to lower right. that homocysteine, which is going to lower his risk down the road of things like Alzheimer's, right. which is in his family. He's going to lower his risk for cardiovascular disease, yes. which is in his family also. So here's something that he found at 27 years old. Now, you know, it'll be another 30, 40 years before we can say that how much we actually helped this guy. Yeah, but we I'm, know. I'm sure it's I'm a I'm sure it will, because at his age of 27, he's actually found out that he's got a problem that yes, you can fix. That you can actually fix. Now, the research also shows that in homocysteine, once you've had damage in the arteries, right. whether it be heart or the brain, because Either the way. hardening of the arteries in the brain is one of the things that contributes to the Alzheimer's, is right. it's hard to reverse the damage. You can stop it, and right. you can slow it down, but it's harder to reverse. So it's the 20-year-olds that if they know it's high, that can actually stop it before the damage is done. And the thing about him, he's 27 years old, so he can stop yes. it. And what we keep um, saying is prevention, 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 prevention. Right. 
Uh, I think an old guy named Ben Franklin said something about an ounce, ounce of prevention worth a pound, pound of cure. cure. That's right. And, and he was right. Ben was right. That's a couple hundred years ago. He was right because that, that simple ounce of prevention and simply knowing that you've got it. And, you know, occasionally we'll run into the individual who'll say, well, I, I really don't want to know. Okay. That's like not knowing that there's an oncoming train. Yeah. I prefer to know that the train's on its way. Yeah. Okay. I can at least. Well, then you can do something, especially if you can do something about it. You can get out of the train's way. Now, if there's something that has absolutely nothing you can do about it. Eh, different deal. That's a different story. But you know, even it's like in in discussing with this gentleman, um, we talked about the, the, the problem he had. I said, okay, that shows you have some methylation process problems. And those are, you know, about 40% of the population. Has, has some problem. Okay, they have some. You know, we talked about the genetic mutations, you know, the 677 of the, uh, the MTHFR test and so on. And we talked about all this. And it was really fascinating, I think, to him because now all of a sudden he could, he could kind of put the pieces of this puzzle together and know that, okay, I've got this high homocysteine. There's my marker. I can watch my homocysteine level. And I can and see if see, it goes down. As long as it's going down, I'm fixing the other problems. And I'm preventing yeah. a lot of damage down, down, down the road. Because if you wait till you're 60 or 65, then we check your homocysteine and it's sky high. Guess what? It's been that way for years. And it might have already years. done a lot of damage that you can't reverse. Oh, chances are it has done a lot of damage. So yeah. we've always told the young people... That what we call our expanded panel, which is right. like one hundred and fifty dollars, right. because the extra test is what shows up the problems on young people, not yeah. just your kidney function, liver function, things yeah. like that. Those are usually um, doing pretty good. Yeah, for themselves, but yeah. what might even be more important is to do the actual expanded panel with the cardiac. Yes, which is at, which is a little bit more, but it's like I think we do the whole thing for two hundred and ten dollars, and a lot of times the homocysteine test alone at many places is four to five hundred just for that one test. Yes, we we do it. Rather economically, we do. shall we say. And if uh, we do just the homocysteine, it's 55 Yeah, so it's not a lot of money. But, you know, here's the thing, and it, and it sort of reminded me, you know, on our TV show that yeah. day I mentioned, you know, uh, we were talking about this. You know, it's either like the old Fram oil filter commercial. Yeah. Some of you out there listening probably remember the Fram. You have to be a certain age, I'll admit. <laughs> but if you remember the old Fram oil filter commercial, it said, well, you can either pay me now or pay me later. And it meant that, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right. Change your oil filters, and you're going to prevent anything. And knowing what your risks are. Now, right. if, you, if you check your homocysteine when you're 25, 26 years old, right. and it's real low, then you probably don't have to check it for another 10, 15 years. But Ex- if, it's exactly. sky, if it's sky high in your 20s, it is something that you want to watch throughout your life. So you know your risk factors. And then right. you have a baseline for later as well. So having a baseline is always a good idea. So when we're talking about doing the lab test, we're not just talking about the people that are older that are already having problems. No. It's a really good idea for people that are younger that aren't having the problems yet. And I, I think, you know, like I say, knowledge is, is some valuable tool that you have. And if you have this knowledge that, okay, my homocysteine is either really high or normal, cool. Yeah. You know what to do. If it's normal, fine. Live, you know, try to live a decent life. You know, not try not to do uh, abuse your diet too bad, and you probably do fine. But if it's sky high when you're twenty something years old, yeah, you know that I better spend the next forty, fifty years really taking care of myself because I'm not ten feet tall and bulletproof. Right. And then another one of the cases we were going to talk about was mm-hmm. a young girl that came in and she wanted to do the particles and MR, and we're like, sure, you know, she we, was young too, and she was in her twenties. And that's kind of yeah. young to be worried as much about that. Yeah. And she did have normal cholesterol levels. So it's kind of like, okay, well, well, we'll check the particles. And when we got them back, they were way off, um, sky high again. 
but she knows yeah. she has cardiac risk in her family. So she knew there was a possibility, and that's what she wanted to know. Did she have the cardiac risk? But, you know, you bring up an, impre- an impressive little point here. She had normal cholesterol. Yeah. 50%. Now, folks, listen up. 50% of the people that have a heart attack have, have normal, normal cholesterol. Aha. So 50%. If you just look at your cholesterol by itself, you are being deceived right. about your Underlying you're thinking problems. that you're okay, and you right. may not be. Yeah. Now, sometimes high cholesterol, you have normal particles. So it can be the other way around as well. But you need to know that. You need to know. I always, the people that I find have the cholesterol that doesn't seem to bother them as much is the ones that might have high cholesterol, but they have high HDLs and normal triglycerides. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a better pattern than having even normal cholesterol, mm-hmm. low HDLs, and high triglycerides. You know, that's it, more of a cardiac we, risk. We, right. We had a lady. Um, it, it's been a while back, but I, she has always had extremely high cholesterol, and she's a, a, a mail order patient. She's from out of town, so we did the, the the work for her remotely. And and I always told her, I said, do the NMR, look and see where your particles are. And so we finally did because her doctor was always on her case. You need to be on a statin drug. You need to be on a statin drug. Blah blah blah. Now. One of the things that, that, uh, that we did was this NMR. When we got her NMR back, which shows her particles and so on, yes, her cholesterol is high. She has an extraordinarily good pattern of these. She has these big, fluffy particles. Which are great. Which are great. Which is a lower cardiac risk. So right. there's more to a cholesterol panel than just a plain cholesterol panel. The NMR is m- much better to do to give you more information. And it doesn't hurt to do it at a young age. I mean, yes, when you get over 50, I think it's really important to do. But when you're young, it's a good baseline to have. Uh, and, yeah, and in her case, it, it finally got her to the point where she could point out and show her local doc there that even though my cholesterol is a little higher than what you think it's okay, it's still my particles are great. Yeah. And in, in this girl's case, her, her cholesterol was normal. And they'd yeah. say, oh, you're fine. And actually, she's she wasn't. not. Right. right. So there's two, there's different ways of looking at it. And, you know, we, we try to get as much information as we can so we can see. Now, it depends on what the person wants to do. Um, but Obviously. to me, the more you check, the more information you have. You know, I, I think it boils down to spending a little money yeah. to gain the knowledge. And, and that's one reason we try to keep it as reasonable yeah. as possible because we want that information. Even our super panel. Right. Which our super panel has the NMR that we've talked about. Oh, yeah. It has the extra cardiac test, the homocysteine, the C-reactive protein, magnesium. It does hormones. It does adrenal function. It does all your cholesterol. It does A1C. It does thyroid. It does vitamin D levels. It does B12 levels. It does ferritin. So it does a lot of different things, and it's 355. And that, we call it a super panel a super, because it is super. It does. It checks a lot of things. Right. And a lot of times... Going for a doctor visit is $150 a visit, and if they do a simple CBC and a CMP, you're going to pay as much as our super panel Yeah, and not get much information. Right, and when you come out of there with that much information, because, you know, we do the testing because we want the information. We want it, and you need it. Yes. Okay. If you find out what the underlying problems are, you're more likely to help you. Because just like these two particular people we're talking about tonight, you know, we've got somebody that's, both of them, young, in their 20s. And both of them have two different kind of problems. Right. 
that were discovered by some actually pretty simple tests, yeah. not real expensive. Right. Now, we're not talking about a $1,400 test. No. Now, we're if you had it done somewhere else, it might well, be. Well, it might be. Because that NMR alone, a lot of times in other places, I've seen where they, someone's been charged $850 for yeah. that one test. Right. So we do it very inexpensive, but we can get more information. And we're going to be talking tonight about bone health. And some of the information you get off that test can make a difference in your bone health as well. well certainly can. Because vitamin D levels are very important in bone health. And calcium levels, that's all done on our lab work. Oh, yeah. Even from the expanded panels oh, all the way up to yeah. that super panel that you're talking about. Yeah, we the $150 all, panel does it all, but so does the $355 yeah. panel. And we have quite a few people who say, well, I want to know everything. Okay, yeah. we and can I, do it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't blame them, you know, because I want to know too. And so that's, that's the reason we do the big panels like that. But just let us know what you need. We're going to be back in the next segment, and we'll talk about bone health. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face. And that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally. And maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. This is Dr. Jim here. That's Dr. Janine. And we hopefully you're settled in tonight. We're going to talk about some bone health. Yeah, and what, what are the causes for bone loss, what you can do about it. Right. Things that, ways to exercise. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. I mean, you know, it's not just, you know, supplements or something that you're going to be able to take. Uh, we're going to be talking about things that, like you said, exercise yep. and so on. Those are things that, common things that people often overlook with bone health. And here's something else. Now, we just talked about in the, in the last segment about finding out things early, like the two people that yes. were in their 20s that found out, ooh, we got a problem. Bone health is something that actually... They're showing now the research is from a lot of different multiple research multiple, is showing it. Multiple yeah. places have come out and said this is something that we need to start with at a very young age. Now, typically speaking, 
insurance is only going to pay for a bone density or a DEXA scan. When you get older or if you have a specific problem right. that may lead to bone loss. Right. And typically it's talking about older. So, yeah. But your need, you know, actually, I know here locally, we've got several imaging centers that we can send people to. And I'm sure there's one in your area, wherever you are. That are lower cost. Oh, yeah, like $75 or yeah, something. Yeah, so you can a, find out what your bone density right. is so you know what's going on. And I think that's really something that people need to find out at an early yeah. age. Now, there's there are some increased risk for bone loss. Okay, what um, are some of those is? Actually, one is medications that you can take that actually decrease bone density. You know, And you know what one of the most common ones for that is? Steroids. Well, steroids too. Okay, the, you know what the second most common one is? What? Okay, the second most common one is those acid reducers. Yes, the acid reducers are very common, and they're starting people younger and younger on those. You know, and if you read the literature on the acid reducers, you, you pick up the, in other words, the, the comp drug company that makes it puts out a little flyer that tells you all about it, and it says that it, most of them are tell you that, you know, six to eight weeks is about a, a normal treatment course with it, and then you should be progressing on to get off of it and so on. I've got People that walk in our place every day. It's been on it it's 10, been on 15 10 years. years. Yeah. And there's no doubt the research has shown that that actually makes bone loss. Oh, definitely. And also, some of the seizure medications also make bone loss. Quite a few of those. So there's yeah. a lot of different medications. So if you're on a high-risk medication, you definitely want to find out what's going on with your bones. Right. Now, vitamin D deficiency, of course, is a big one. Well, it, it really is. You know, and, and I guess in the past 10 years, we've watched vitamin D come from something that was totally obscure. Right. To something that is mainstream. Yes. Because 10 years ago, when you talk to people, we talked to people about vitamin D and they say, oh, you know, that it's in milk. Okay, big deal. It's in milk. It's a very small amount and usually it's D2. So you don't yeah. want that. We had a show a couple of weeks ago about D2. Right. And, and how D2 can actually make plaquing on the brain yeah. and you don't want it. So no. D2 is not good, but D3 is. Extremely good. And so there's a lot of nutrients that play a role in bone density. It's not just vitamin D. And everybody for years has thought just calcium, calcium, calcium. Right. And then there's actually some studies that have come out and shown that women, and they mostly yeah. they did these studies on women, women who supplemented huge amounts of calcium without some of these other nutrients like D and so on. And we'll talk about some others, but D especially you know, you wind up with calcium ending up in places you don't want it, yeah, like, like in coronary the artery. arteries. Yeah, exactly, right. in arteries. And yeah. so increased calcium can make other plaquing if you don't have the other nutrients and able to utilize it properly. Right, and I'll give you a, a, a little short dissertation about what happens there. You have to have vitamins A to do that, too. So it's not just about yeah. vitamin D. If you don't have vitamin A, now that does not mean beta-carotene. No, vitamin okay. A. Vitamin A. Beta carotene is not vitamin A. And we are very inefficient. Go dig through the literature and you'll find out that human humanoids are very inefficient at taking beta carotene and converting it into vitamin A. It so can be done. It can be done. But it's not really efficient. But it's not, we're not very efficient at it. Okay. But you need vitamin A because vitamin A helps the body make something called bone morphogenic protein. Now, yep. that bone morphogenic protein then vitamin D activates that. Now, once it's activated, it can pick up some calcium. Now, once it has calcium, you know, it's turned into something now called osteocalcin. Osteocalcin can take that calcium and vitamin D stuff to the bone, but it has to have something called K2 or maniquinone, not K1. Yep. K1's your clotting factor, K2. You get that in grass-fed butter, grass-fed beef, eggs, things like that. The, I have to have all three of those nutrients present in pretty good quantities to actually take that calcium 
from your bloodstream into the bone to where it can be put to use as a bone yeah. building product. Right. That's why we have put together a product that we call ADK2. Right. It's called this guy. It's got, got all, of the, them. all three of them, and it's got the 5,000 vitamin D, right. which we use a lot for people with low vitamin D. You do right. need your D levels checked because you can get too much D, although it's, they say it's harder to do when you have the other nutrients to go with it, like the A and the K2. It's extremely hard. Once you yeah. have all these, if you just take D by itself, yes, you can get in trouble. Yeah. But and if you have those others, it's We do not. recommend, though, checking D levels so you know right. where it is. But we put that together, and it has been very good. We've seen one thing that K, K2, there's been books written about it recently because really there's have. so much research for K2. And bone density is definitely one of the things that it's been beneficial for. But placking in the arteries is the other one. Right. It's actually shown, they've actually done some studies that, you know, this is kind of interesting. They took some of the plaque out of our arteries, and they looked at it under the microscope, and they studied it, and they said, you know, this looks just like bone. It's actually bone tissue in those arteries. It's not just calcium deposits. It's actually bone tissue. It's got bone morphogenic protein. It's got all these stuff, the stuff in it that normally makes up bone. And that's in your arteries. Now, if you have an, the, some of the studies that they've done on animals, especially, have shown that if we take enough of this K2 along with the, the vitamin A and the vitamin D3 and so on, we can actually take some of that calcium out of that plaque, reverse it even, and put that calcium back over into the bone where it's needed. Which is what you need. Which is what you want. Okay. So Pretty the, interesting the ADK2 stuff. is a great product, and it's yeah. inexpensive to take. And another thing, I think we talked about this a week or so ago, a resveratrol. Yeah. Our old friend resveratrol. We talked about the study that had just come out that showed right. that it actually increased bone density, and it was a study done on men right. with metabolic syndrome. Right. Because what we find is men, especially with sugar handling problems, which mm -hmm. we're seeing at younger and younger and younger ages. And younger and younger. They have mm -hmm. low testosterone. Yes. Low testosterone makes bone loss. Right. It does. And then the, you know, they were showing that if they did the resveratrol, it actually increased their bone density in as little as 16 weeks. And that's something by like 2.6%. Yeah. Which is, you know, you think about it, that doesn't sound like a lot. 2. But that's 6 a lot within 16, 16 weeks. 16 weeks, yeah. Because most of these drugs that they use, and some of the drugs, if you look up all the various, the finasterides and so on, the drugs that they use for bone density, you know, when you look up the side effects on those things, it's scary. It's One spooky. of the side effects is fractures. Yeah. Because it makes more brittle bone. Right. And what you want is healthy new bone. Right. And one of the things resveratrol has been shown is that it can actually stimulate new bone growth. Right. What we call osteoblastic yes. activity. And not osteoclastic. A lot right. of the things can just stop osteoclastic activity, but they don't increase osteoblastic. Yeah. Now, those two terms, you're gonna, let's explain them just a little bit. Osteoclastic activity is when the body takes the old bone cell. It's been used. It's been around for a while. And it says, okay, we're going to get rid of this thing. So osteoclasts come in. Tear that old bone cell up, destroy it, right. get rid of it, and then an osteoblast is one that a new cell lays that's down actually, new bone, like actually forms new bone. So we have both osteoclastic and osteoblastic, right? Activities. And a lot of the medications work on osteoclastic, osteoclastic. they right. just keep you from breaking down the old bone. So what you wind up with is a bunch of old bones, old bones, which Literally. is not you want osteoblastic activity, right? Which puts down new bone. So we're back to those basic nutrients, vitamin A, vitamin D, K2, 
Uh, we're also talking about resveratrol. Right. Okay. So And calcium. Gotta and calcium, calcium. You do have yeah. to have calcium. You just you don't do want an excess calcium. of calcium, and you don't want calcium without the other nutrients in order to utilize it. Right. I think that's one of the big issues. We we have people come to us all the time and say, well, I, I just went to my primary care doc, and, and they said, well, you, you've got a bone density issue. You need 1,200 milligrams of calcium a day. Uh that's a lot of what calcium. Ab- yeah, and what about the rest of the stuff? Well, yeah, what about that vitamin? Did they check your vitamin D? Well, no, they didn't check that. Okay, well, let's find out what's going on here. Because if you've got you know, a bone density issue and they told you to take 1,200 milligrams of calcium, we really got to find out, you know, where is your vitamin yeah. A? Where is your vitamin D? What is going on here? Because we need all these nutrients together. Yeah. Then we can say, and okay, now we can do something. The nutrients like, oh, are one thing, but just like we talked about just a minute ago. Exercise. Exercise, but hormones. Hormones are big too, yeah. Hormones are a big thing, and that's both men and women. Uh, mm-hmm. Men are getting more and more bone loss as well. Because we're seeing less and less testosterone. Right, we're seeing lower testosterone. Now, in women, they've actually had studies that showed that they were showing bone loss even before the estrogen fell. Right. In the early 40s. They're actually starting to see when you start losing bone. Right. And your estrogen normally, in most people, you can't say all, but most people are still pretty high in their early 40s. Mm-hmm. But what falls in the early 40s is progesterone. Mm-hmm. So they've actually shown that progesterone is one of the hormones they think has a big influence on bone loss as well. Because in the female, you'll actually see that, that progesterone start dropping, like say, in the Earlier, yeah, yeah. When you stop, a lot of times right. you'll have a cycle, but it'll be what they call an inovulatory cycle. Right. And if you don't ovulate, you don't make progesterone properly. Right. And, and that's, that's something that we're seeing in, in actually younger and younger you know, females. We're yeah. actually seeing some fairly young females with what we call frank ovarian failure. At 35. At 34, 35. Yeah, yeah we've so actually we're seen a lot yeah. younger. Yeah. So keeping the hormones in balance, the longer you can do that, the better it is also. And, and that's a simple blood test to know where you are. Yeah. I mean, it, we're back to our old buddy, the blood test. because And it, these are not exotic tests. These, this is stuff that should be done and used to be done on a regular routine basis on people. But insurance companies have decided that, hey, you're not worth it anymore, so we're not going to pay for it. And especially now with the... Uh, what we call it, Affordable Care Act. Yeah. And the reason it's affordable is because they don't do anything. Yeah. Okay, it's real affordable. They don't do anything. So, and they definitely don't want to do anything with nutrients. No, they're not going to do And that. so, I mean, that's considered wellness and yeah. not illness. Right. But when, to me, if you don't keep your nutrients normal, right. then you're going to have illness down the road. Right. But, you know, talking about those hormone things, men and women, yeah. and, you know, and we see so many men now, with low testosterone. Lots. And they're going to have increased risk for bone loss you know, because of that low testosterone. I had a conversation today, as a matter of fact, with a gentleman who I've dealt with before uh, about testosterone issues. And I said, you know, do you understand why your testosterone is low? He said, no, I really don't. I mean, I guess I'm just getting older. He's not that old. I said, okay, here's the thing. He's overweight. I said, and he's got a sugar problem. I said, sugar increases insulin. Insulin blocks something called LH. He said, what is LH? I said, it's luteinizing hormone. So luteinizing hormone comes from the pituitary gland. It tells the testicles to make more testosterone. Now, if you've got insulin coming out of nowhere because of the excess sugar, blocks that LH from doing its job, you get low testosterone. It's not going to tell the testicles to make testosterone. He said, so what you're telling me is I need to eat less sugar. I said, no, yes. you need to stop all sugar. Yes. I said, you don't need less. You need all And it's not impossible. All. Everybody says, no. well, I can't do that. Well, yes, you can. Actually, you can. You know, and, you can. And, and this is something that Janine and I do, and we live this life. We absolutely do not do the sugar. 
We don't do the bread. We don't do the rice. We don't do the, the those simple carbohydrates, and we stay away from sugar. Yeah. And it, you know, it freaks people out. They say, "Well, you just you eat rabbit food." No, we no. don't. We eat good food, but Actually, we we might, just don't just don't eat sugar. We might eat the rabbit. <laughs> we definitely eat our protein. Yes, we do. And you know, even protein can make a difference in bone density. It certainly so can. you want to make sure you keep your protein levels up, right. and you want to eat enough protein, and you want to make sure you can digest your protein. So all of it plays a role. There's a lot of different factors in bone. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with uh, the rest of the story, so to speak. And we'll have some other interesting facts about what can be done for this bone density issue. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally. And maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life, naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, welcome back. In our final segment of Live Healthy, Be Healthy tonight, we're talking yeah. about bone health. Yeah, and we're going to talk a few more factors that we didn't mention in the last segment that can actually increase your chances of having bone loss. One is cold drinks or sodas or ah, whatever you sodas. want to call them. Pop, um, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, right. anything with carbonation and phosphoric acid. Right. The phosphoric acid tends to leach the calcium from the bones, and that even happens in kids. And, you know, and we're seeing younger and younger people. Lots of breaks in kids. Lots of breaks, yeah. A lot of broken bones. And so if you have a kid that's constantly breaking bones, definitely, t- well, you should probably take them off of soft drinks anyway. It's right. not yes. good for anything. No, they're, I mean, they're not good They're for not anything. beneficial, and it doesn't matter what type of sugars in them. It doesn't matter if it's artificial sweeteners, whether it's sweeteners. It's the phosphoric acid, so you just don't need to do it. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's, so that, and that's going to make bone loss, of course, in older people as well. Yes. But kids, you, you're seeing more and more bone loss, and that's one reason. Now, the vitamin D levels can even be low in kids because kids are staying inside, playing Nintendo, computer games. They're not getting out in the sun like they used to. No, you know, that's, uh, I guess, uh, you know, one of the generational things. Mm-hmm. Back when I was a kid, long, long time ago and far, far away, uh, we didn't have 
we didn't even have telephones or anything. My God, we didn't have Nintendo. <laughs> you ain't we, that old. We're, we're, yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know, but I mean, we didn't have that kind of stuff. So we were outside, you know, climbing trees, doing all that kind of good stuff, you know, out in the sun and fun and all that. Uh, nowadays, like I say, kids are not. And we see young children that we do lab work on and check that vitamin D. And it's really low. And it's scary low, actually. So the bones, you know, that makes a difference in being healthy as well. So, you know, what you eat makes a difference. Mm-hmm. What you do makes a difference. And what I always tell the women that come in the store is that the older people get, the more they tend to let other people do stuff for them. Right. They let them pick up heavy things. So, and yeah. it might not even be that heavy. Do it yourself. Right. Um, they've actually proven the best thing you can do for, for bone loss is weight-bearing exercise. You know, and that takes me back again to my childhood. We had this um, old lady that lived about a half mile from us. And she was, everybody around thought she was her granny. Okay. She really wasn't related to any of us, but we called her granny. And she had these chickens. And twice a day, she took, and, and you can get your, you know, a, a water, she had a well with a, a windlass, so you had to get water out of the well. And she'd take a bucket of water and a bucket of feed, and she'd carry it. And it was about 150 yards to her chicken coop. And she fed her chickens in the morning, and she fed her chickens at night. Now, I defy any of you to go get you a three or four gallon pail, fill it full of water, and carry it. It's heavy. Yes, it's heavy. And she did this morning and night, every day, seven days a week, 365. That was it. You know, and she got her exercise. How many people today do? My goodness, we have trouble getting them to do anything. Yeah. And even if you do some exercise, it needs to be weight-bearing because if it's just your own body weight, it doesn't tend to be enough. Now, the way our body actually decides that, hey, we need denser bones is stress. Putting stress on it. Right. You have and, to stress your bones. And the way you stress your bones is weight. And everybody knows that bone loss, they know that if you're the thinner you are, right. the higher your risk. Because you're going to increase your risk for bone loss because of being thin because you don't carry as much weight. Right. So, so us skinny guys really have to watch yeah, out for that. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So the thinner you are, the more you have to do for weight bearing in order to increase that density. Right. You know, and one of the things that we often recommend to people that, that both male and female, you know, if you come in and ask us, okay, what can I do, doc? Go buy you a weight vest. Yeah. They make these vests and, and every, you know, you know, store in the, in the country. All the sporting goods stores. Every sporting goods store yeah. in the country has got their version of it or something. And what it is, is it's a vest that you can have between 20 to 40 pounds. And what you do is you add like a couple of pounds at a time and work and your way up. get used to it. Yeah. And you can even go walking at that point. I was going to say And the excess weight can yeah. actually help because then that would be weight-bearing exercise. Because we have devolved as a country to where we think the best exercise is walking for 20 minutes. Okay, walking 20 minutes without that excess weight is going to do you absolutely no good. Not for bone health. Not for bone I health. Can say, I mean, any exercise is good for you. It's good for you. But, but for bone, bone health, health they've proven no. that walking doesn't do it. It no. actually takes the extra weight. So uh, it's easier to actually distribute it throughout the body on like a weight vest. Right. And that's just much easier on the body. And it actually does make it like you're 20 pounds heavier. You can, you can work your way up to where you, you need to be at least 10% of your weight. So if you're 150 Above. pounds, you need... 15 pounds of extra weight eventually. Yeah. You need to get up to that point. In uh, that way, you're actually stressing your bones just a little bit, you know, the hips and the back and so on, to the point where the body says, oh, okay, 
we're having extra stress here. I need to make new bone. And that's what it does. It responds to that yeah. if you tell it. And earlier we talked about another thing that you can do for bone density. And mm-hmm. it's actually definitely the research keeps coming out higher and higher. And you mentioned that vitamin A can actually increase the bone morphogenic protein. Right. You can actually take bone morphogenic protein. You know, you can. And that's an interesting point you bring up because mm-hmm. we actually, that's one that we use quite a bit. As a matter of fact, we have a lot of folks that once they have a fracture, you know, they'll say, what can I do? Take more calcium? Yeah. and But you that, need bone morphogenic protein. We'll actually put them on bone morphogenic protein. Yeah, they're not. it's not the cheapest supplement in the world. No. But it's not terrible. I mean, no, it's not bad. $50, $60 a month, you can actually take a decent amount of the bone morphogenic protein. Yeah, you really can. They've even figure. shown some of the preliminary research for skin shows really good good information for skin problems and skin wrinkles and all kind of yeah. stuff. We're using it topically, but there's just not a lot of the products on the market yet. No, not yet. But sooner or later, they might be. But, but that stuff, taking it internally, yeah. that bone morphogenic protein, you know, it's, it's something that has definitely so shown that. When somebody comes in and says, you know, okay, I've done my DEXA scan, mm-hmm. and I show either osteopenia or osteoporosis. Right. I Usually kind of the regimen, we check their vitamin D. Always which usually is low at that point. Pretty much. So we'll <laughs> usually use the ADK2. Yep. A good multivitamin just right. to get overall nutrition. Yeah, they need to be 12 and all Depending that stuff Depending on too. where their calcium level is, we'll do some calcium. Right. And a lot of times I will put them on the resveratrol and the bone morphogenic protein. It just depends on how, how bad, you know, what kind of negative scale they're running on. It depends that. on how bad they are too. Right. If it's just mild... They can start with much less things. And actually, I always tell them weight-bearing exercise. Always. Always, always, always. and first, weight-bearing exercise. That weight vest is such a simple investment. And then if you want to get out and walk, which is good for yeah. cardiovascular health as well, you know, now you can go out and walk and you help your cardiovascular stuff, you help your heart, and you can actually help your bones too. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. In bones, it's not just about, oh, well, breaking a bone, no big deal. Actually, as you get older, it is a big deal. Because if you do break something as you get older, it just causes a, a downfall. Well, it is a repetitive problem after problem after problem. One of the things that we find in, in elderly individuals, especially once they have a fracture, they become very unstable yeah. because they're afraid of that next fall. So the fear factor starts coming in, and they start being very afraid uh, of the next fall. And that really slows them down, and that makes being them, sedentary yeah. is a higher risk for fractures because right. the less you do, the more bone you're going to lose. Right. You have to stress the bones to tell them that you need more density. You really do. That's that's uh, I guess the number one. The thing. number one thing you have. I've actually had some little bitty women in their sixties come in, and their DEXA scan looks perfect, and it's because they lift weights. Right. So you can do it. I tell people start young. Um, do the weight-bearing exercise. Make sure your vitamin D levels are normal. Get the right. nutrients that you need. Um, don't wait until you have osteoporosis. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you wait until it happens, it's going to be harder to turn around. Yeah, just There's like we no talked about, about earlier, an ounce of prevention. Is a is pound worth, of cure. Yeah, and lots of research shows that women need to start in their 20s. And even men, we're finding, because it used to be that we didn't see the men with the low testosterone and bone loss in their 20s. We're seeing it now. Yeah, we are. Unfortunately. Actually, uh, we have seen some guys in their late 20s, 26, 27, 28, with low testosterone. And that low testosterone they know contributes, because men are not supposed to lose their testosterone. No. And when they do, it definitely contributes to bone loss. So hormones play a role. 
your nutrients play a role, your, your exercise, exercise plays, plays a role, role. and what mm-hmm. you eat plays a role. So it right. needs to be an overall program in order to get your bones strong and keep you from breaking a bone. And the more exercise you do, the more stable you are. And if you're older, moving keeps you from being as, as unbalanced. Right. You know, the more strength you have in the muscles, the more balance you have. Yeah. And a lot of people fall when they get older because of balance. So make sure you do all these things and keep those bones strong. And if you have any questions or comments, give us a call or give us an email. Thank you for being a part of Live Healthy, Be Healthy this week. Please join Drs. Jim and Janine Fox next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to your better health. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.